0: Duct tape and paper clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And tonight
1: we are breaking down season two, episode four,
0: The Wish Child. The wish child. Uh, we're going to find out if it holds up. But first, uh, let's catch up a little. Annie. What's going on in your life? How's life? How's everything? How's
1: life? How's your week? Is good. My week was good. I am continuing to watch an inordinate amount of TV and movies. Yeah, that me is too. me only too. Me too. That I have going on right now is walks and movies. Uh, I re watched Lincoln, which I haven't seen, um, okay. since it came out, and so that was um, actually like a good watch that i recommend
0: i recall loving that movie and then wondering why in the goddamn hell we needed the last scene
1: (laughs) we didn't we didn't at all and i the it's funny you should mention that because my memory of the movie was that entire event was not addressed like Mm -hmm. because i saw this movie once when it um came out i haven't seen it since and i was like oh they don't really address the assassination at all um And then that's not true. They do. And it was completely unneeded. And the movie should have ended before that. But every white male actor was in that movie. Like every single one. Because like the amount of white men they had to cast was (laughs) incredible because... Half of the scenes were like of the entire Congress, which at the time was all white men. So I'm like, imagine if you're a, a Hollywood actor who wasn't cast in that movie. like <laughs> me, But like William H. Macy was like flipping tables somewhere. Yeah. Like, how dare <laughs> right, right. they not cast me in that? Because I was like, oh, Jeremy Strong was in this from Succession. Oh, that's interesting. Adam Driver was in this. Wow. Like Everybody is in interesting. this. Interesting.
0: That's kind of how I felt about uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Was that every yeah. five minutes someone was just, like Robin Williams was just showing up for no reason? <laughs> I guess they probably just pulled every white male character actor that existed in L.A. and put them in this movie. Yeah, it, that's what it felt like. Also, it just makes me think like, what a horrible job for some like, you know, some casting agent has to be like wanted white men, many of yeah. them between all the ages of 20 and 50. 50. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. there were a couple of men in their 20s that I mentioned, but yeah. like most of those actors were were older because that was kind of the the, the deal at the time. And like uh, the people of color they did have in that role, in that movie, were like all former slaves. Like, it was just rough. Um, It was yeah. rough for representation, but Sally Field is fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, so yeah, I watched that and I'm trying to think of what else I have watched. I finished Search Party, which Me too. Um, I recommend. So what
0: do you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I had a bit of a, I mean, I won't spoil it for anybody. Uh, it's a yeah. phenomenal show. Um, this particular season, I had a bit of an issue because uh, because of how f- fractured the storylines were. Like it just, it, it kind of followed four different characters on their four different journeys. And Three of them are very funny and one of them is very tragic. And so instead of getting that like nice mix of search party magic of like, it's dark, but it's also funny. Mm-hmm. It was like, I would watch something very dark for six minutes and then I would watch something very funny for six minutes. And yeah. that was like the equilibrium of that was a little off to me. And it wasn't until the end that things started to kind of coalesce into something that was darkly funny again. Um, so that I had a bit of an issue with. It made me a little sick to my stomach, uh, you know, the whiplash a little bit
1: yeah it was a little bit of back and forth i mean there were a, a quite a few moments where i was just waiting for john early to come back on screen right. because yep. i was like i just need um yep. <laughs> i need some jokes uh yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. but but i thought it was really really good and it's just fun to see so many talented people who i think deserve more opportunities like absolutely in one show
0: yeah 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 uh, um i uh I started teaching my virtual stand-up class again today. Oh. Which was super fun. Uh, I had kind of like... I was doing uh, an online version of my my stand-up class, my beginning stand-up class that I used to teach at the comedy club. And I then I just started getting really disillusioned with it. I think because mm-hmm. I, it, it just, when there's absolutely no light at the end of the tunnel, trying to get people excited about performing up right. comedy was like impossible. And then they'd be like, what about zoom shows? And I'd be like, I hate them. Maybe you'll like them. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's
1: so hard. Cause you can't even really point people to like regular opportunities no. that are even happening
0: over zoom. Like yeah.
1: typically in a class, you'd be like, go to X open mics, you know, do this, do that. And those things aren't yeah. even happening.
0: And in a class, in a physical class, I can have a, I can curate a show for them at the end of the class where they can kill in front of an audience and catch the bug, um, which I can't do online. So I just stopped doing it. And, uh, people kept asking, are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again? And so I, I brought it back as a monthly drop in. Um, and I really am thinking of it more like a writing workshop now, just like, let's keep Mm. sort of working on our material, um, for the, for the time when things reopen. And now that there is a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, I don't feel like I'm leading them on. I feel like, okay, let's all kind of like get our ammo together. So that when we can go back out in the world again, you'll have like some good material. It feels like I have a purpose now instead of just like, just doing it for the sake of doing it.
1: Yeah. And knowing what we know about, you know, the summer, like, you know, there likely will be some outdoor stuff happening. That's relatively safe that people can engage in.
0: Yeah, so if you're interested in that, anybody, you can uh, go to vtcomedy.com and sign up. Um, it's free. Cool. Um, but let's get to our episode. Let's get to our guest, huh? Yes, let's All do right. it. All right. She is an amazing comedian who has been featured on Comedy Central and at comedy clubs and festivals from coast to coast. It's our amazing pal, Brittany Carney. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> Hi! Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, it's lovely to see your face. It's great to have you. What's going on with you these days? Oh,
2: good question. (laughs) Um, I'm just sort of hibernating in New York City. I uh, I'm doing some Zoom comedy here and there. I really feel like live comedy in New York, like live outdoor comedy slowed down relatively. I feel like all summer there was a lot, it was like really beautiful. There was a lot of the outside comedy thriving. Hmm. And then people were like, yeah, we'll see what happens in the fall when it gets cold. And you know, no, And then I, w- I had this like real optimism. I was like, no, it's New York. People are going to yeah, come out die to hard. shows, <laughs> like comics are going to want to do shows. And then I did like one show, it was like Halloween weekend and it was the first r- quite cold weekend. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, no, this is awful. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been fine. Um, and yeah. then since then, there's been some here and there, there's like an opportunity to do comedy, which is really great, usually on like a very windy, freezing rooftop. And then like <laughs> uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm teaching my day. Yeah. How has that been? Just like the challenge of, I'm assuming yeah. you're doing everything online. Yeah.
2: Great question. So mm-hmm. it's been interesting because obviously when COVID first dropped you know when that album (laughs)
0: right I remember that (laughs) Tuesday like it was yesterday
2: (laughs) yeah Uh, my school obviously went uh, remote and at the time I was teaching preschool so then it was like a really bizarre and interesting challenge to try to maintain like a zoom relationship with three year olds Mm -hmm. you know right so I'm working with elementary grades this time, like now, and we've actually been remote and that's hard. We've been in person since September. Um, oh, wow. But this whole time and everything's been okay. There's been no po- like COVID positive occurrences in the school. And then the week that vaccines are first sort of uh, available for our staff. And I got a vaccine on maybe like two weeks ago now, Oh nice! Uh, th- that week, two other faculty tested positive for Hmm. COVID. So per protocol, the whole school is like remote right now. But for for the first time since like June. Um, The two staff are fine. They're asymptomatic and they're like just waiting to, you know, test negative. So I've been able to be in my home more and I've been spending the day coming in and out of Zoom breakout rooms with, like, fourth graders. I, like, watched the inauguration with a fifth-grade class, which was cool. Oh, cute. And, yeah, so that's what I've been up to.
0: That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. It seems like you're, you know, doing as well as can be expected under these <laughs> <Yeah>. weird <laughs> uh, circumstances. Yeah, hanging in there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We're headed in the right direction.
2: Nathan, I miss Vermont. I know. We miss having you here. Um, I love it. Yeah, I, I hope – I mean, I hope everything's okay there. I was, like <laughs> – yeah just thinking about it and how much I like, I like it at this time of year. Cause it's like very scenic. It's like very scenic.
0: Yeah. We're, uh, we're hanging in there. We're, we're, we're just fine.
2: I'm really happy about that.
0: Cool. Um, so, uh, so have you ever seen this show MacGyver before?
2: So before here's ben a <laughs> uh, long story short. No, I've actually never seen MacGyver. This is my Great. first foray into the <laughs> MacGyver universe in person, but, uh, You know how, like, there are things in our, like, zeitgeist where it's, like, you learn about something's cultural place in it, you know, if you've ever seen it? Yeah. So, my understanding of MacGyver was that, was mostly, like, tied up into, like, the guy is really resourceful and can, like, figure out how to make things um, on the fly. So, that's, like, what I understood about MacGyver. Sure. I didn't even know what decade the show was in or from or, like, (laughs) what... (laughs) Otherwise, other than knowing like that thing about this character, it was like, like, that's the trope that I understood to the extent that I'm sure I've said, oh, like MacGyver.
0: (laughs) It could have been like an old wives wives tale for all you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or like a Greek myth.
2: I know. And here's my, I have many takeaways, of course, now having finally watched it, including like Oh, he's hot, and also (laughs) like I I was very attracted to him. And then also like, and I'm not really into that like '80s uh, athletic hunk look usually, but Mm -hmm. I was like into it. And then I'm also intrigued. I'm just like kind of intrigued now by the universe of the show and also the show tonally because it has all. It's like interesting like the comedic tone is like really interesting. It's like, uh,
0: if you think the tone of one episode is, uh, interesting, you should watch multiple episodes because it is all over the place.
1: Yeah, it is. It's all over the place because most people, when they first watch the show, will say something like, I couldn't figure out like who he was working for and like what was going on and why he was in these situations because it's never really that crystal clear. It just kind of hops around a lot. Um, in terms of locations and what exactly he's doing. Um, so this was one I think that pretty pretty straightforward. This was like him on his own time, right?
2: Okay, yeah. I, I feel like now sort of emboldened to admit that I also do not really know what was going on, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's get into it. Like, like, I was like, let's do this. Maybe this will help. So we usually do this. We have Annie read out a little summary of what happened. Okay, also, let's get a little uh, refresher about what happened in this episode.
1: Yes. Uh, so in this episode, MacGyver goes to Chinatown to pick up Paul, a friend's 14-year-old brother from a birthday party. But the boy has been taken in by a group of criminals, and he has been helping them run a con by impersonating... The Wish Child, I'm sorry, I can't even get through this, an ancient Chinese mythological figure. When the criminals double cross Paul because of course and try to put him on a ship to China, MacGyver rescues the boy just in time. Yes. Uh, and
0: that is Amazing. that is our
1: episode of television. Uh,
0: that's great. Well, we like to start with like low hanging fruit. What were our first impressions of the episode? Um, I think it seems like one of your first impressions, Brittany, was "What the fuck is going on," <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like, what were your there... what were your first thoughts? Besides, he's he's hot. So I feel like I was like relatively
2: primed for this, but I there was obviously so much like problematic Asian stereotyping, but in yeah. this like really flagrant way that it's like I I cannot and, um uh, I'm someone who grew up mostly in Asia and I'm um like part Japanese and I think that like and instantly <laughs> I can't have a laugh. You know what I mean? It's like uh like the like the first scene um where he's doing karate with that woman yeah i know her from so many other things isn't she like filipino
0: i think so anyway hawaii from hawaii
2: yeah or hawaiian she's hawaiian because here's the thing here's my personal experience relationship to her is that she's hawaiian right and i went to college in hawaii and she randomly gave a talk at my university like one year so i've always sort of when her name comes up I like think about it a little bit just like in relation to that time right yeah And so anyway so she's the first scene where she's like wearing this mask I don't even know if it has a particular like
0: country source no way that's like an authentic mask of any kind
2: from like anywhere it's
1: It's like 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 maybe it's the theater thing that was (laughs) done in a completely racially insensitive way at some point but it like, there was no feasible explanation for why this woman would be wearing that mask. She, she
0: gave him a great one, though.
2: He says, like, maybe it's the mask. And then she said a quote. I actually wrote down a few quotes that struck me, even though there were, like, many more. Mm. And she said something like, oh, that's just so that you forget I'm a forget woman. I'm a woman. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, okay, f- from the top, we yeah, have a lot right. to break down here. <laughs> a lot of, like, really wacky, like asian stereotype you know like several people who are not chinese are like are chinese in this and then Mm. like he goes to chinatown in san francisco and then like the way he gets in, he the way he like macgyvers himself you know maneuvers himself in is Mm. like by creating this like dragon toy distraction yeah and then yes
1: which we're supposed to believe was just in a garbage can like a full <laughs> dragon dragon head, like paper mache, paper mache thing yeah. <laughs> was just sitting at the on top of
2: a trash right. can <laughs> i liked uh this dude that he like knew or just was chatting with who was like oh he sold um oh yeah
0: sam right
2: sam right so he. Was- Full regalia that just feels like nobody in San Francisco in the 80s was wearing this like outfit. But and then he takes it off and it's like, oh yeah, he's just an American guy named Sam. And, and he said uh, something that struck me in their conversation. Yeah. He was like, these are fresh fakes from Taiwan or whatever the sentence is. And then MacGyver says, oh, like straight off the boat. And it's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's like little opportunities to add in Asian diaspora, like Asian cultural presence in America, little like tidbits here and there. Right, right.
1: Like they're trying to just think of whatever phrases they can think of that yeah. are, that they associate <laughs> with Asian
2: American culture. It's a whiteboard just...
0: full of stereotypes. And they're like, we got to get all these in guys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: can I share with you? So I wrote a list. Not It's not that extensive. I actually wish that I wrote more of the ones that struck me, yeah. but I wrote a little list of some quotes that, that really piqued my interest Hmm. one the first one that i have is um macgyver gunpowder smells the same no matter how you write it (laughs) it
0: was like do you remember that of course yeah because it it felt like it felt it felt to me like almost at every turn macgyver is saying to the audience like look at all this weird stuff am i right You know, he's the fact that he's like sauntering through this this area where he doesn't speak the language and he's able to piece together this mystery that no other person does without any kind of interpreter or help. He's just like, oh, well, thank God this white guy walked into this mystery and solved it, even though he doesn't know what the fuck is happening most of the time is (laughs) incredible. Yeah. And that line was like a good example of that kind of like ignorance, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. And I'm curious, like, if that's how his character is often. He just kind of is like waltzing around. (laughs) I mean, he's
1: we I'll speak for myself. I have a lot of questions about why he is an expert in a lot of the individual episodes, because (laughs) he is sort of billed as like. Only MacGyver can take care of this situation um, when he has zero background or expertise in the situation at hand. Um, and this is a good example of that. Right. Like he has no connection to this part of town. He has no connection to this culture. Um Paul is the only person that he knows in this situation. And yet he truly walks in. Like he owns the place yeah. <laughs> and, and is fully like, yeah, all right, well, I'm here to take care of it. Everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thankfully he gets, uh, knocked out on the head when he does that. Like yeah. when he walks in as the guy immediately whips out a butterfly knife and he is conked on the head and yeah, but it's, he's just got an incredible oh, yeah. amount of confidence.
2: Um, can I share with you my next?
0: Oh, please, yes, your quote, list. yes,
2: that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so one point, oh, 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 it's the moment that like the people who were caught up in this like scam thought they got rid of this white guy, right? Because MacGyver, yeah. because the that that boat going to New Zealand, that like shipping, in box, yeah, boat, like mm-hmm. so the commercial vessel. But uh, so he says his like voiceover, like very calmly and stoically as he's like dangling from this cube like a shipping container mm-hmm. although i just actually don't remember how he got down so i can go over and sort of later i'm later i'm gonna watch the episode three times again before <laughs> i go to sleep tonight um, get in, fill in the details but he says very calmly and i wrote I, t- I typed it down uh typed it in typed it on um he wrote <laughs> no one told me the party moved upstairs yeah and i that's when i was like hold the phone. Is MacGyver like a quips man? Like he does he give like little pithy quips that I didn't know. Does he, is that like his general tone?
1: I would say that there are times where he is overly casual about a life-threatening yeah. situation and, um, and definitely is one to just sort of, I wouldn't necessarily call them jokes, but he will sort of like just refer to what's happening in a mm-hmm. very like casual
2: way.
0: Yeah. And, and I confess, uh, I don't hate it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I have to say one of the things uh, about this episode that really drove me crazy, it, it always drives me crazy when there's a lot of narration in an episode. Um, mm-hmm. But in addition to there being just too much goddamn narration in this episode, it was like they ratcheted up the cool factor. Like they really wanted him to be like wicked cool in his narration. Like I wrote down a sentence too. And he says, sitting on a pile of fireworks and some jokers outside playing shake, rattle and roll. Like that's a piece of narration in the episode. I like, thought that was really about?
1: strange because like clearly like no one post the fifties would say that as a cool
0: no, thing to no. say.
1: Um, yeah. So that right. everything was super dated. He's making,
0: a, he's making a lot of jokey stuff about like, yeah, it was yeah. a dumb age or whatever in the narration. And usually the narration is for telling us what he's making. And that, that can be effective. But when he's trying to make jokes and be like super like too cool, like Hepcat guy <laughs> in the narration. I but was I like, think well, yeah,
1: was dated Hep-cat. even for the 80s. And so you're just like, okay, these old dudes in the writer's room yeah. in the 80s who really are like their heyday was even a couple decades beforehand. Right. Was like, like Eisenhower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right,
0: right.
1: <laughs> like that's who's writing this. But I need to talk about the Wish Child as a concept. (laughs) Yes, please. Because it does not make any sense. I hear Wish Child, okay? I'm like, okay, cool. A child that grants, grant's wishes, wishes, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, that's not what this child does. This child, like, why isn't he called the immortal child? Fine. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, perhaps this is based on a true Chinese legend. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe sure. I should educate myself on this. I s- spent much of today searching online <laughs> to figure out if this oh my is gosh. a real legend. No, I found zero, nothing. The problem with being
0: a journalist, you have to know the truth.
1: So I just wanted to know, and like, this is not based on a real Chinese legend that I could find if it is and someone that's listening knows about it. Please contact us and correct me on this. But it seems to me that some psychopath in the writer's (laughs) room of this television show (laughs) created this entire fucking fake... Legend, right? Why it is that an accident um, that killed both of this child's parents would give him like a David Bowie white streak (laughs) in his hair? (laughs) Never fully explained. Also, if you notice, it's not even coming in from the root. Like it's not even growing. (laughs) No, it
2: looks so fake.
0: Yeah, it is Bobby pinned in there for sure.
1: Yeah. The wish child as a whole concept and an idea. Mm -hmm. I... I hated everything. It all comes
0: from that place of like total ignorance, and that place of like you can just see a group of like you said Eisenhower era like white guys in a room going like, "What's like a mystical story you might see in a in a in a children's book about a Chinese legend? Let's make one up. Uh, Make it up. You know, (laughs) it's just very." Yeah, but the thing is, typical. there
1: are real Chinese legends. Right. Yeah, they crack a steal fucking one of those. book. You could actually have based this on something yeah. real. Yeah.
0: You stole this whole thing from the karate kid, steal that from the <laughs> and actually,
2: my reaction to all this is uh, to that point, um, like is twofold. And like, my first thing is that I remember the moment when he's talking, is it Sam, right? The guy that's like kind of working out of the trunk,
0: yeah, for a moment,
2: yeah. he has that chat with MacGyver, he's like, Yeah, like and he's got it you know white his hair turns like something white right and then he's like white hair lock white hair and he's like yeah snow white and then I'm like somebody wrote that and then (laughs) then, then I'm like so aware of that lock of hair and it just looks like when I was like you know a kid and somehow like that became popular like getting like my little pony braids that you clip into mm-hmm. your hair, but you don't know where to connect it to. Like that is the- <laughs> surely the show has more resources than that. And Annie, I actually Googled the Wish Child um just that phrase, trying to see if I could also find a synopsis to like yeah. help me with some sort of like um structural details that I <laughs> i'm still i'm still uh processing and learning as a viewer
1: (laughs) and this is really an educational show so we're glad that you're
2: (laughs) uh and what uh sponsored by pbs kids and so like what (laughs) came up this is really crazy it's a book okay it's a Uh, german book is what
1: you're talking about yeah Yeah. yes (laughs) you saw right
2: Germany, yeah. nineteen thirty nine, as Germany's hope for a glorious future begins to collapse, two children, Sieglind and Eric, find temporary refuge in an abandoned theater and, and, and the rubble of Berlin, and it just goes on. And I was wow. like, um. "Yeah, it's." I thought I found this stuff with the Germ
1: book, and I was like, "How on earth, you know." <laughs> they- are they connecting these two ideas? I gave these writers way too much credit because then I read the description of the German book and I was like, oh, maybe these are touch on similar themes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like as if that would
0: ever be. Right. The case. Famously, you want to take from uh, 1939 Germany. <laughs> <when> <laughs> I don't,
1: no, I, well, the book is set there. I don't think it's written. <laughs> yeah. okay, I, okay. I, I could be wrong. I don't think it's written in 1939. Okay. But the other thing I found and I went little too deep on this Nathan and you're probably <laughs> going to make fun of me but I also found that there was a book titled The Wish Child that was pictured in the set design for The Shining um and really? wow. w- it was like a book that was seen you know in a scene like nothing it wasn't a real book it was just something okay. that was in in the scene and so that also got me thinking about, like, what parallels to The Shining uh, do we have, if any, in this <laughs> Oh, episode. my
0: God.
1: No way. And I came up with so nothing.
0: Um, no, but I do, I would believe that someone who was a big fan of The Shining uh, knew sure. that and was like, what do we call this dumb uh, Chinese story? Uh, you know, maybe someone, like, uh, as a nod to The Shining. Who knows? But... I I wouldn't think they'd go as far as to make any kind of thematic parallels between the two. I can't find any, can you? Creepy children, maybe? I don't know. No.
1: Creepy children. (laughs) Creepy children. But even... (laughs) I don't know, but here's, here's a question. Is a 14 year old, a child? I mean, they are, they're a teen, <laughs> but would you scream child,
2: child,
1: right. child, I
0: know, child? I,
2: I, I remember that. And actually yes. I have two quotes that I, or like two thoughts. I wrote down on my Google doc here. It's, Paul is not a kid anymore, which I hope was something somebody said and not just a thought that I
0: like. Had <laughs> I think someone it. said that. I think MacGyver said that. Right? Yeah. And
2: then the other quote that I remember, I believe it's in MacGyver's, um, like, little exchange with that guy, Sam. Mm. He's like, I'm talking about a 14-year-old kid from Santa Barbara, not the myths of antiquity. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I'm yep. like, oh, I want to get that tattooed on my forearm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um oh. yeah so you were talking about like creepy like red rum like any any possible thematic connection to the shining it's like yeah there's this creepy kid situation going on and like um the way that they initially framed that like ceremonial thing like th- mm-hmm. that ceremonial experience it just feels like it's like some kind of orgy out of like uh <laughs> who wrote is it dan brown who wrote those mm-hmm. like uh oh the da vinci code The Da Vinci Code. So like, it just, that like, uh, you know, this like masked like thing happening. Hmm. Uh, Obviously the Da Vinci Code is much later, but I was like, oh, this is sort of like It's an occult ceremony, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. And then he makes, and then MacGyver makes all these cracks about birthday parties
0: like the whole time. This is my theory about that. Because I think they are trying to give this episode a theme. And I think the theme is parties. And they, like, we haven't even said how this episode starts, which is with an entirely unnecessary narration about the babes on the beach. And it's like a bunch of B roll of just like, Bikini oh, that's plaid right!
1: Women. That opening of two bodies, <laughs> yeah, like just, it was like I'm from Miss Minnesota, and then just women
0: in right, bikinis, right? And
2: he's talking about like, wait, what's about flesh exposure crisis? Flesh exposure warning,
0: mm-hmm. flesh right? Exposure exactly. Warning. And he's making all these jokes about the fact, and it's a wow! It's a crazy world when you move from northern Minnesota and you go to Los Angeles and you see all these babes on the beach with their skin out. That's crazy. And and then he says, and I know some, but I know some friends who know how to party down pretty hard too, or whatever. And then it. Comes to the karate lesson and there's no further mention of beach parties or anything from northern minnesota it's It's just just that no actually
2: at the end dare i say this hmm. because it's like this is fresh in my mind it's straight off the boat of my viewing (laughs) it's like straight off the boat at the end he like mentions he mentions minnesota again but i don't at this moment remember why or how but he ties it he bookends it okay now Mm -hmm. i forgot about that until you mentioned that like okay so for the readers at home i first started watching the wrong episode and so then i was like is this the wrong episode again like where are the asians (laughs) it's like white people flitting around the beach and it was really strange to
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm not in any way surprised that the opening had nothing to do with the episode because that's pretty standard in macgyver world but here's what i wish i wish that like okay if they were going to do this episode where he is like best friends with this Asian family, could we have had her own any other business other than a karate studio? Like, is that in any way possible? Like the fact that they had right. to just keep that. So um just offensively on the nose was, it was a problem.
2: Which actually uh makes me think of when like he gets that watch her brother, Paul, is it. That- Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh, the idea was that if he sold the watch, then he could buy his big sister <laughs> the a karate, karate studio. studio. Yeah, and that then he she wouldn't think he was like a little loser anymore, or whatever the mm-hmm. quote was. And I wrote that down because I just thought it was so funny. In what universe does a watch? I mean, maybe a watch.
1: Yeah, is a watch a down payment on a karate
0: studio? Like, a karate I karate studio. I don't think so. Maybe
2: in 1986. <laughs> I feel like that was like
0: that was." um it was just written badly. I remember thinking the same yeah. thing. And then I was like, oh, what he means is here's something to whet your appetite. We're going to be millionaires. And he's like going to buy our karate studio. Uh, I, I see. didn't take it that he thought that watch would do it. But uh, but yeah, I, that's a good point. So funny. <laughs> I, I could talk about some of the things I liked about the episode, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll always love seeing L.A. in the 80s for real, like not mm-hmm. sets. I love seeing outdoor like streets, you know, like this was definitely Chinatown, right? Right? Like the the, and it was cool. It's always cool to see like a different part of LA or whatever in in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, that is cool. I liked the poofy blue jacket was back from episode one. I thought that was rad. Mm -hmm. Um although he did blow a hole in it and then just put it back on (laughs) and continue to wear it for the rest of the (laughs) you couldn't see the hole that he blew in it. Um and I liked I liked some of the funny moments. I think some of the humor worked and some of it was I like for instance, I like the fact that Sam was like faking an accent and then like took off his dumb robe and had a track suit underneath. And you know, it was kind of a fun, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
2: right, 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 totally.
1: That was a fun moment. Like, we're not assuming that any non white person lives in a one century behind the times right, moment. Right. Um, yeah, it was
0: like a, a rare moment of wokeness for this <laughs> show to be like, hey, this guy's just grifting tourists. Um, I did look up the term right. Shanghai because he uses it several times. Um, oh. And I was in like, like what context he says, I've been Shanghai and beat up and blah, blah, blah. Like Shanghai being uh, a negative thing. So, uh, wait, that's funny. Nathan, can I mm-hmm. tell you, can I tell
2: you about something? So a few days ago on Twitter, like a Biden in- insult bot came out. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like, no. it's like oh. a Biden, like, it's just like a Twitter account that somebody made. That's like a, a list of insults that Biden would make. So they're very like, okay Hey, like you know like hey you're a joker
1: blah 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 whatever yeah Yeah.
2: like you know calling people baloney or like hey spitter fetter and one (laughs) of the insults i swear i swear to gaia in in one of these tweets is like he says shanghai really huh and so i was like is that random or is it like a thing and then that and then that's so funny that actually it is like rooted in some kind of it must be (laughs) certified by joe
0: biden i I guess so i (laughs) had wondered if it was like a racist term or whatever um i don't know i looked it up and it said that to shanghai someone is to kidnap them and trick them into working for you the traditional way to shanghai someone is to drug him and put him on a ship and then when he wakes up he's like on a long trip to shanghai and he's got to get to work because he's now like essentially enslaved he's now owned by oh yeah they were
1: gonna send the kid to china yeah, well, they were going to Shanghai, quote-unquote, MacGyver by putting yep. him in that New Zealand thing. Um, but the kid, I think, was going to die because, <laughs> once again, <laughs> flawless uh, writing on, on this episode. Um, the old man, you have to kill the kid to get the immortality, I believe was the subtext. I think they were a little bit like avoiding being super heavy-handed with that because they didn't want to
0: like, yeah, intimate be that they so were so on the them. nose about
1: like, we're gonna murder a child. Yeah. Um, but I right. did, but like, speaking of good things about the episode, the one thing I will say in comparison to like other episodes of the show, this like hooked me in. Like, I mm. was waiting, I was kind of on the edge of my seat to see what was gonna happen next. Um, and I was, it like had me for the whole you know, 40-whatever minutes. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't mind, I mean, I obviously the dragon thing was ridiculous, but I didn't mind the remote control car thing and I, it made me think like, oh yeah, back then that would have been a sufficient diversion. Like now with drones and everything and, and like no one would have paid that a second Oh, thought. that's interesting. Um, but I liked, um, and I liked the way you got onto the ship, the grease paint thing. Was kind of a fun Yeah. You know, he got to do he a little bit of like comedy. He looked hot and he got to do like comedy and getting on the ship mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I I thought that was like fun. So I
2: wrote down um speaking of just like his resourcefulness, I wrote down a little line. I guess is it Paul's like with an umbrella and he's like, No, a grappling hook.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like,
2: Oh, that's what this man's about.
0: Right, right. He's like totally. he is
2: all about, yeah, making
1: something and using it to get out of the situation. He's I not... loved
0: the fact that he threw that he threw a garbage can lid at the guy with the gun. And in the nanosecond it took for that thing to hit the ground, he managed to climb up a rope and over a wall <laughs> before the guy could shoot at him. That was ludicrous,
2: yes, yeah. um, oh, I found that Joe Biden tweet. It's enough of the Shanghai you mother-hugging shrinky dink. <laughs> so, so
1: it's just a bio that, that says context.
2: vaguely Joe Biden-esque things. Yeah, um, that's so
0: funny. Which so. I guess,
2: that like, I guess that lines up with that definition that you were talking about. Or, like, kind the of, way that you I don't understand. know.
0: Like, don't try to cheat me or whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. You're
0: giving me the old Shanghai runaround. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this episode was interesting because right now that you talk, like, I, I, I guess it does have elements of like a more woke engagement with like Chinese American culture, and then there are also things in it that, that are like, like uh, we're the guy who thinks he's the wish child, you know, joins his hand in prayer and is like. Um, like, something about honoring his ancestors. I'm like, that feels like that's from, like, Lawrence of the Arabia days. (laughs) But the way they play with um, that character, Sam, is, like,
0: a bit more socially aware. Yeah, it's really the only... Part that is socially—it's really the only thing. thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember I, the
0: last line before? I guess it's not the last line of the episode, but it's the last line of the uh, of the end sequence when he says when he says uh, how, and he goes, maybe he believed in the legend too much. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. This is because he had a heart attack at a convenient moment,
1: and and him rolling down that net, by the way, was one of the funniest
0: oh, things. Especially since <laughs> when you look at it, that railing is like nine feet high. He has to like you know. actively climb over the railing to jump into the net. Uh, it's He's so funny.
1: Screaming child, 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 yeah. and then he just rolls down a that net. Is which
0: one of like the most <laughs> nonsensical things that's ever happened on. And
1: the other, the other piece that was so <laughs> unintentionally funny that I could not. Stop was when they made ma- they make the decision to kill the guy that um you know tricked uh, Paul into doing this whole thing, and they yes. strap the gold to him and they throw him overboard. Yeah. And that oh was God. so <laughs> obviously a fucking mannequin I that know. I could not, I could not contain myself. I was like, that is not a human being, nor is that like even a heavy chest of anything that's strapped to him. It was like. A mannequin with a styrofoam container.
0: See, I may not have noticed that because I may have been too busy screaming at my screen. Why are you throwing the gold away too? <laughs> there, you can yeah. put a cinder block. There's plenty of heavy things on that ship. You do not need to put, what was it? $50 million in gold into it the was, ocean? yeah. <laughs>
1: but I sort of felt like maybe that sort of made sense to me because I was like, you know what? It's not about that. It's not about the money. You know, it's it's well, honor. it's just a lesson it's, in anti capitalism, right? yeah. It's, I felt like this show is really out of its time. No, this is the most oh. pro capitalist, pro America show yeah, on earth. Sure. Right. Oh, much okay, much yeah, 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 but um, but I felt like for this elderly man who wanted to kill this kid, <laughs> I think he was just like, Well, you know, it's fair, like, I need to pay the price to the universe at least, to even the if I'm not karma. giving the gold, uh to this dude. But yeah, the that whole thing was like cuckoo. I
0: mean, as long as we're talking about unintentionally funny things, uh, George Takei's death scene is pretty goddamn hilarious. <laughs> and oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, one, of, one, it's his facial expression when he gets shot, which is like uh, one of utter shock and surprise, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. But also I wrote down what he says. Because in any other t- TV like death, this would be, tell me, tell me what I need to know. And the dying mm-hmm. man would maybe give him one word or two, and he'd mm-hmm. have to figure it out. But he gives him, I mean, GPS coordinates for <laughs> this kid. It's He says, in the freighter, pier J-63, forward hold, steel door, the child inside that door. He says all of that before he dies. <laughs> like, that what? is a very <laughs> specific set of instructions. You could have
1: ended that at steel door. First yeah. of all, the first edit is ended at steel door. <laughs> and then we can go back for another round of edits. But yeah, George Sakai was good, I thought. Other than that, He's always
2: great scene. and everything. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like the way that he collapsed to really reminded me of like, because I again, I work with kids mm. and like this year, primarily like six through nine or ten right so they all love to like act things out and they're like all really obsessed with Hamilton so they like to like put on plays during recess Mm -hmm. and the way they die is like the way George kid dies in that (laughs) episode
0: yeah it's a real throwing yourself so it is like yeah
1: we always say that this um show reminds us of like community theater and but yeah that's another good uh comparison it's like a school play of just (laughs) like everyone's getting together and today we've got the chinese episode everybody so everyone get get (laughs) getting character
2: oh my god that's so funny it is like community theater in the way that also some of the characters deliver their lines i thought like Mm -hmm. even paul not to belittle his acting career but that kid yeah sometimes the way that he delivers his lines i'm like oh this is sort of cute it's like he's in like Mm -hmm. a community theater production right yeah he's he's like in a play
0: Yeah, and he's probably what sixteen. He's probably doesn't have any experience, really. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're like
2: weed and Asian.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just funny because I don't know his his background. Like, I don't know if he actually is Chinese or not. But like, the thing with like this show, try like they try to have representation, and so you have to give them that. Like every episode, they really try to like cast you know diverse folks, but it's always just so tone deaf and wrong. Yeah. It's like, okay. You <laughs> are there
2: black people the in MacGyver? Um, yeah. 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 And they've gone back and
0: forth fun. between, we've talked about this before, about how like oftentimes either the depiction will be like very uh, stereotypical and wrong. And then it'll just be like a black character who's like super high status and great and like three-dimensional. And it, like they just go back and forth. Oh, it's that's very...
2: cool. That seems to make sense, I guess, for that era. Yeah, they mm-hmm.
0: just were there. I mean, I, I, in looking back at like how I used to feel about this show as a kid, how they used to market it and how, how people have talked about it in interviews and stuff, they were very proud of how socially conscious they thought the show was that they were making. You know, that was like a, oh, that was wow. an edict that they had it was like, "My MacGyver doesn't use guns. He's principled. And we're making a show mm, that's mm, like mm, highlighting mm. certain, you know, especially in the later seasons, they're like highlighting, you know, animal cruelty and the environment and stuff. But he's always just like you know, the white savior thing is just and the and the 80s, like, right, the paradigm is very hard to get away from. Um, just something you said, when
2: me think of something, which is that I didn't think about the fact that um, he doesn't use guns. And then I was like, Oh, is that part of this narrative? Right? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he's like, some form of like evolved masculinity. He's like, calm and like yeah. communicative, <laughs> communicative and like exactly what they're going intellectual, for intellectual
0: yeah. and not a muscle yeah yeah
2: but at the same time he has like blonde shaggy hair and he's like a white savior figure yeah. but
1: yeah. um that's yeah the, in their own mind i feel like they're thinking like oh he doesn't use guns he has a diverse group of friends he is kind to yeah. everyone he tries to help people but right. like the the nuanced you know stuff of like okay are you a white savior who's trying to impose your values on every single person that you come into contact with. Like, yes. Um, so that that level of it is, is
0: not there, right. but I think, but you just the- know they are not asking that question yet, you know, yeah. like in the culture. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because, and, and I, right, Exactly. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, but it was such an interesting picture into like how this mid eighties show, mm. like how it tried to handle this like Asian American, experience or how i treated it and then mm-hmm. and, and speaking and like you know thinking about nuance then i was then i was also reminded of that initial scene where they're fighting like doing karate and she's like <laughs> wearing a mask and like i don't think that it exists in any
0: <laughs> like no, any martial, martial
2: arts, arts. <laughs> but, but martial arts asian martial arts were popular right at the time oh yeah, yeah
0: definitely that was a big of the moment this thing. show was 86 and karate kid was 84 and th- and this oh uh, i was watching this scene and i was like again like later on there's a moment when in on the ship when they're getting on they're getting out of the ship they're escaping the ship and some guy comes down the stairs and kicks MacGyver in the face and then it's like oh cool we're gonna have this like cool kung fu movie scene where MacGyver's gonna put into practice the training he was getting in the first scene from Tia Carrera no he just whips his belt off and within 30 seconds the guy is conked out (laughs) I was like oh right he is a yellow belt so he's probably not capable of fighting this guy but yeah, yeah, it was a very it was all I over the place. I think they
1: were trying yeah, they were definitely trying to sort of go for this like evolved masculinity yeah. thing because if you compare it to the other action heroes that were popular in the 80s like there's way more of like outward violence, outward sort of just like n- like just like kind of mean
0: spiritedness
2: that yeah, like, like a MacGyver, Ramble, just- you know. Yeah. Oh it. yeah.
0: Uh, one other thing I thought was funny was when we were talking about the kid and you know his acting skills. I, I was like, when he started that <laughs> monologue about how his parents died, I was like, this was definitely this kid's audition. Like this was <laughs> right. the side that they gave him to do. <laughs> the you know he got it. Okay, got to get real serious and talk about your parents' death. And then I I just transcribed it, and I'm not going to say it all here, but it's so bad, it's so poorly written that. I feel for this kid because he's got no, like very little acting experience. And here he is trying to deliver this like very emotional. It just goes nowhere. And we went and the car went down and I heard mom and I I don't remember. And I was crying and I was running all night and I just don't remember. It's like when you see it on the page, you're like, this is a terrible monologue. Um, Oh
2: my God. Right. That that resonated with me in a similar way.
0: Yeah. I think maybe we should like do our own versions of this monologue and put it on social media or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to record that. (laughs) I, I
2: also, that makes me also think of like how there's this theme in this episode that that's like oh yeah having a teenage sibling is hard because they don't relate to it anymore and I don't even know who he is and he's like how is he processing our parents death I don't know and then I just thought that I was like oh so this is gonna be about like teen like siblings and like (laughs) teenage teenager. (laughs)
0: <laughs> God, no she she's really gonna fuck off to san francisco direction. for the entire episode and yeah, yeah. she is right, right right yeah also that was supposedly based on the bookends that was all one day is that correct mm-hmm. and she flew <laughs> so to crazy. san francisco had her meeting and flew all the way back i mean the flight's an hour so you could do True, it yeah, i mean i, guess, I yeah. think
1: um yeah i think this right. is supposed to be a day and she was literally like how is the birthday party it yeah. just reminded me of like every episode of 80s tv where like the parents go out to dinner <laughs> and yeah, like everything right? happens <laughs> like, and then the and, parents and walk Saturday back in yeah yeah.
2: yeah yeah and then they're like and they're like oh did you have fun like, yeah. and then they like give each other a look right which totally happened like macgyver and paul like, gave each other a look yeah
0: absolutely um. Okay. Um. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we, when we return, we're gonna find out more about uh, what Britney is up to these days, and we'll maybe, we'll maybe rank this episode on our super scientific DT&P rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Hey guys, quick question: You ever find yourself deep diving headfirst into a Wikipedia article about some random topic you absolutely don't need to know about, but then after learning everything about it, you feel smart and even happy? Well, here's the thing. Same here. So naturally, we did what we had to do and started a podcast. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Maddie. And we're the hosts of the podcast, OK, Fine, What? Each week, one of us learns everything about a random topic suggested by our guest. Then teaches the other, and you, all about it. So strap in and strap on. And get ready to say, OK, Fine, what? What? have a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. If you like what you hear, like and subscribe. If not, have a great day.
0: We're back with our guest. Um, Brittany, before we get into our rating system here, uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything you're up to? Or what can people look out for when this pandemic bullshit is over?
2: Oh, yes. Um, That's a great question. I I am excited that Uh, On February 2nd, uh, a set of mine will come out on Comedy Central Digital. So that'll just be available on YouTube and their social media platforms.
0: Is that something you filmed during COVID?
2: Yes. Uh, Interestingly, like I really, it was like really interesting because I learned a lot about how that kind of production would play out during the pandemic. Right. And like, certainly that's not an opportunity that I even expected Like returning, like going back to New York after being with my parents for three months. And then the week leading up to it, we all had each comedian involved in the show had to stay like quarantine and then like get tested twice. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, the same for like all of the crew that were working on the production there. And the audience was a live audience, but of 22 people. And so um, that, yeah, My Thingy will come out February 2nd. And I post a lot about, shows or online shows uh, on my Instagram primarily and that is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y Brittany underscore corndog.
0: That's great. Um, that's awesome. I can't wait to see your your set on that. Cool. Well, We're going to move on to our final segment. It's time for It's Classified.
1: That's right. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we're going to rate this episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. Um, this is... Uh, Uh, a rapid fire kind of thing where we're just going to rate these categories. And uh, the first category is on a scale of one to 10. And since you're our guest, Brittany, you go first. Uh, How would you rate the, how exciting this episode was on a scale of one to 10?
2: Okay. I'll give it a seven.
0: A seven. Seven. Okay. That's pretty pretty good. That's pretty generous, I would say.
2: And I say this with having literally no frame of reference for the (laughs) suspense of the other episodes, but I was locked in great.
0: What about you, Annie?
1: <laughs> I I was pretty excited by mm. this. Um, I, I felt like it did grab me and I was really interested. Mostly I wanted to know more about the Wish Child universe um, <laughs> and I want to know more about like these old men who want to try to purchase time with wish child in like a basement where he just basically plays dominoes like i can't figure out what they were doing in that scene but but definitely i want to know more about the people who participate in that um so (laughs) i'm giving
0: this an eight wow oh Pretty generous yeah. for Annie. I know. Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening in this episode. I remember there being one part where the sort of mob boss of the thing takes George Takei's character through the bowels of the ship to get to the special room. And that takes, I right. mean, they walk like a mile and a half. Like, I was like, <laughs> get to your destination already. We don't need to see you go through another steel door. Um, but but yeah, there was a lot going on. And there you know it was a lot of fun, silly stuff. It's always fun to watch MacGyver do something that's not sanctioned by his employer. That's just like out there in the world trying to help people. Maybe I'll go halfway in between you two and do a seven and a half.
2: So given that, can I ask you both a question? Sure. Okay. As someone who has not seen any other MacGyver episodes, should I watch just the first one? Or like, what do you recommend otherwise? Oh,
0: that's such a good question. No one's ever asked us that before. That's uh, because usually nobody wants um, to watch it again.
2: um, (laughs) I'm curious.
1: I would not recommend watching the pilot. Um, no, I would go back to the it's beginning. Kind of confusing, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, some of the best episodes are what Nathan Thief of Budapest. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: That's number amazing. one in my heart. You know, you know what. Um, MacGyver is one of those shows that it doesn't matter. As long as you know that he's like a hero that makes up shit as he goes along, you don't need to know anything um, to, in, to dip in and out of episodes. So you don't need to watch anything in okay. order. You don't, don't, don't need to go back to the beginning. You know what the problem is, is that we have only watched all of season one and some of season two. And of course there's seven seasons of this show. So who knows if you, if you went to fast forward ahead to season four, maybe things would get better for you. Um, but if you're just going back okay. to season one, The top five are Last Stand, Thief of Budapest, Ugly Duckling, Countdown, and The Assassin. Those are our top five, officially.
2: Wow. Budapest, Um, Ugly Duckling, Countdown, and The Assassin?
0: Yep. Um, And uh, Last
2: Stand. And The Last Stand as
0: well.
2: Okay, okay, okay. So you you are interested
0: in watching more of this. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I am because for years, I've just sort of understood what MacGyver meant, right? Like, Mm -hmm finagling materials together and like getting yourself out of trouble in that way. Right. But without understanding it. So actually I'm really grateful and honored (laughs) to have (laughs) this opportunity to learn like what the hell that's about.
0: I mean, this is the service we provide one comedian at a time. This
2: is a process. (laughs) We are still learning.
1: Uh, Like I, I am just thankful that I'm down this rabbit hole so far. I can't stop. I really,
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, as we as we move forward and further down the rabbit hole, uh our next category is uh, uh also one through ten. How well crafted was this episode? This is like writing, acting, directing, all of that. Um what do you think about that, Brittany?
2: Okay, again, I'm I, I do feel like I'm sort of taking rabid stabs in the dark because <laughs> I've never seen any other episode. Yeah. I'm gonna go with an eight.
0: An, an eight. eight. Okay
2: because i didn't know what was going on like a quarter of the time but i was still really <laughs> amused
0: yeah. and i
2: come away tonight like actually fantasizing that somebody in the universe writes the legend of the
0: the wish child universe the wish child wish child cinematic universe we have to see more of that
2: <laughs> i think politically it can't be like any three of us but somebody <laughs> <laughs> anyway i i i I really did like i was like really tickled that this first like foray into macgyver was this like particularly wacky episode that was like caught up into some funny kind of like interesting cultural stuff yeah 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 so yeah well
0: i mean i feel like you rated it also an eight on the bitch i feel like you rated it a one through ten on how enjoyable it was to you as opposed to how well made it was but i i will take it
2: (laughs) wait oh the question is how well made it was oh i'm sorry i'm sorry is that okay whoa should i backtrack
0: no, I mean, I'm not judging anything. If you, if you think it's well-made enough to make you enjoy it. <laughs> too, I don't think it's well-made,
2: but I enjoyed it. And maybe I misunderstood the framing of the question. By the way, my understanding, every instruction is just like my theme tonight. But, um, so, okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let me reframe. Okay. If the question is, how well is this made, like, production-wise, like, writing-wise? Yes. Then actually, is. it's not an eight for me. Hmm. It's a seven. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which, which maybe it's generous but I don't know uh, that's I don't great know.
0: I think it's funny that you had to reframe it for one point you're like
1: it's this is this uh, is knocked down one totally point from that Totally. Most people are like infuriated that they've even watched it and are giving it something below a 4 yeah, for well crafted. Um but
0: you're coming people a
1: generous perspective <laughs> and we
0: love that. That's so. great. Uh what about you Annie are you going to continue your streak of scoring things higher?
1: I can't score this that high for well crafted. Like this was a hot mess. Like I don't even, <laughs> even know like okay some of the jokes were okay. Um, yeah, there were a funny. couple of clips that worked. Um, the fact that we have George Takai who's like a legitimate actor in a guest star role also bumps it up a couple points. Um, we had a child actor who I believe they did not dub all of his lines. Right, um, right, which was a nice that was a step up from some stuff we've seen before. So like for that reason, it it's okay. But overall, like, the writing was atrocious. That entire monologue was tough to get through. Um the like the whole like fire extinguisher, yeah. you know, holding a uh, floating the head was just like how, who, that's <laughs> yeah. something like my brother and I would have tried to do in our basement. Like I just for that, it's like I, I don't think I can give it above a 4.5
0: okay cool uh, that's more along the lines of the Annie I know uh, <laughs> but yeah it, it was particularly bad like that 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 oh, that smoke thing I was like this even feels racist to me because it feels like look at these dumb dums falling for this stupid right. magic trick we're doing. And because it's a weird spiritual thing, they're going to fall for it. You know, it's just a very, it was very insulting, I felt like. Uh, I was going to give it a five. So I think that's right along the same lines there. Um, okay, now we switch to one through five. On a scale of one through five, how innovative was this episode? Now, this is just like the MacGyver inventions that he makes up along the way. We, there were a few we didn't talk about. He makes a chisel and a hammer and <laughs> like pulls up a floorboard. But you, this is the grappling hook. This is the blowing the hole in the side of the crate. The The remote control car, all of oh, that.
1: Opening the lock with the gunpowder gun and the yeah. butt of
0: the gun, that kind of thing. So like how, on a scale of one to five, how, uh, Brittany, how innovative would you say this episode was?
2: Oh, you know what? I'm going to slap down at three.
0: Okay. That feels good. What about you, Annie?
1: I concur with three. I think this was very middle of the road. There were a couple of good tricks, but nothing that blew my mind.
0: Yeah. I was actually kind of impressed that they had, they had- quite a few of them because this storyline didn't really lend itself to them, but they forced them in anyway, which was yeah. nice. Uh, I'll go to three as well. Um, our, our last real question here is um, 80s cool factor. Like how cool is this from like Ooh, an 80s cool that's standpoint? A f- that's a fun question. And that's also one through five.
2: Yo, can I lay down a 3.5? <laughs> you can. <laughs>
0: You can. Thank you,
2: <laughs> thank you for a <laughs> long. You should. Do
0: that. <laughs> what about you, Annie?
1: Uh, one thing I will say is Lisa's apartment is mm. very cool. I loved. Wait, it was gorgeous. Her it was like so beautiful. Are
0: we sure that that's not his apartment?
1: I thought it was her apartment because I thought she was teaching um, the lessons out of her apartment. It's possible. I, I
0: mean, she gets a phone call there, but I remember thinking, why is she getting a phone call? I felt call like at she his... got
1: the phone call there. Yeah. But anyway, Anyway. regardless of whose apartment that is, we know MacGyver moves around a lot. I loved that apartment. Um, I immediately pictured myself living there. (laughs) We also had a a beach scene. And we also, I mean, that scene where he was all lubed up. I mean, I I have to say, (laughs) I loved it.
2: Um, So I'm giving this a four.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Go off. Um, I'm going to give it a four. Maybe I'll give it a four and a half. We're almost to the end here. Um, we have a couple of bonus things. And if uh, any any of okay. these things is true, it'll get an extra point or two. So um, uh, does he help out an old friend in this episode? Yes. Yes, he does. He helps out Lisa, the karate teacher. Um, so, his... so
2: she's recurring. She's in a lot of episodes? No, no, no.
0: And Absolutely when I say old friend, not. I mean, have they established, like they just throw in a guest that we've never seen before. And that guest is like oh. established as an old friend of MacGyver's. That's kind of... That happens a lot where Oh, like,
2: interesting. So it's like, yeah, they know each other. And that was actually well established. Like in their report, yeah. it was like, Oh, they know each other.
0: They know each other. He's making jokes about how he can't forget that she's a lady. Um, <laughs> put a tent over you. Maybe baby, which <laughs> is
1: a really weird thing to say to your friend. Very like strange. I would, I, if my old friend was like yeah. talking about my body in that way, I would. Be and like, she gets really upset
0: doing? really fast. And then he goes, Whoa, 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 whoa calm down, calm down. <laughs> I'm like, don't say that. Um, uh, if he does help out an old friend, we have another question, which is, does that friend die? No. <laughs> no. So it would lose points if the friend dies. The friend does not die. Um, is he detained against his will, MacGyver, at any point in this episode? Yes. Yeah. He's in the box, right? They put him in the box. So he gets an extra five points for that. And if yes, does, he escape, does the escape involve duct tape, paper clips, or the Swiss Army knife? I believe he uses the Swiss Army knife to open up that watch
2: so oh, does he have like a set series of tools that he normally he
0: i mean this show is called duct tape and Paperclips.
1: <laughs> yeah those are those are his normal yeah those are okay. recurring tools that he uses he doesn't necessarily have them on him at all times but uh yeah those those recur
0: so he gets um, I okay think he gets an extra two points for uh mm-hmm. the fact mm-hmm. that he used a swiss army knife to get out of that box um all right great uh that concludes it's classified it's time to reveal the results out of a total possible 100 points this episode receives 72 points uh which makes it the best episode of season two that we've seen so far pretty cool uh we've been really hovering around the 40 and 50 neighborhood for the first few so this was so fun thank you for uh hanging in here with us Brittany. is there anything (laughs) thank you both so much for having me anything you want to say as we sign off here final reflection final thoughts thoughts. anything we missed
2: i learned a lot i loved a (laughs) lot and i'm now inspired to explore further Amazing. Of MacGyver. <laughs> i can't even tell you wondering.
1: just to have one guest out of the 20 however many episodes <laughs> we've done who actually wants to watch more of this show yeah yeah has
2: made it all worth it uh, <laughs> it's i'm hilarious. literally i'm actually excited like i'm not lying
0: amazing we just discovered that you can watch this episode this show for free on pluto tv we didn't know that before like a week ago uh anything from you any any party party thoughts
1: I know I I feel like this we've we've said it all it it all happened all
0: All right then that's it for this week uh thanks for listening everybody don't forget to check out our website at the and all our socials and our patreon it's all at MacGyverPod if you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us as we mentioned you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch with a CBS All Access account or you can buy the episodes on Amazon Prime Join us next week when we'll be breaking down Season 2, Episode 5, Final Approach. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends
2: Friends are are the the adventures adventures of of life.
0: Good night, everybody. Thanks.